Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show, where we talk quality of healthcare and explore what that actually means. Let's dig into performance measurements, the equipped platform, pharmacy goals, and personal goals. We will also occasionally cover topical healthcare news and maybe throw into the conversation a few of our own nerdy passions and hobbies. So turn us up. The Quality Corner Show starts now. Hello, Quality Corner Show listeners. This is your host, Nick Dorich, and welcome you to the next episode of the Quality Corner Show. April is Stress Awareness Month, and this is a time where stress levels could be at an all-time high due to the impact of COVID-19. Pharmacy may be a high-stress environment already. It's fast-paced, it's high stakes, and increasingly in recent years, we have seen more open conversations about the impact this may have on the mental well-being of pharmacists and pharmacy technicians. With the current COVID-19 pandemic, it has been increasingly recognized that our pharmacists are heroes on the front line of healthcare. Now, this topic can be very sensitive, and it was also determined that we really want to bring in some external experts to have this conversation about stress in healthcare, but specifically stress in pharmacy. Now, please allow me to introduce our our guest, Dr. Jessica Louie. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Nick. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. As we get started and um, as we became connected, I, I stumbled upon your group, the Spark Joy in Healthcare. Uh, and and also through your podcast. Um, Before we get started and into our conversation, our questions for today, um, it would be great if you could share a little bit about your background as a pharmacist, uh, and then about your organization, your podcast, how you got into some of these initiatives. Yes, uh, that's a great question. Uh, So, you know, my passion is really about helping people find confidence to live intentionally, bring meaning into the world in any way, you know, their skill sets allow. And how I do this is through my work uh, with the Spark Join Healthcare Initiative. And uh, by day, I am a pharmacist. I am a board certified critical care pharmacist and an associate professor at West Coast University School of Pharmacy here in Los Angeles. So I've been, uh, you know, doing those things for the last five years. I am a 2013 graduate of University of Southern California School of Pharmacy and went on to my two-year residency and joined academia and got uh, into some businesses on the side um, as I experienced burnout in the pharmacy profession. So, you know, fast forward from the last five years to 2020, um, I have started a new initiative to give back to the pharmacists on the front lines with our Spark Joint Healthcare Initiative and community to um, really, you know, send these pharmacist care packages to them and and really give back so that we can bring joy into every day. Yeah, thanks, Jessica. I appreciate the background information that you've shared there. Uh, to me, it's important to note that when we do talk about stress or stress in healthcare, uh, there's so many people in different roles of pharmacy, right? It's such a broad uh, practice of of healthcare to some degree, and you, you still are a practicing pharmacist, but at the same time, you've looked at how you can uh, help promote talking about the topic and contributions to uh, making pharmacists more comfortable and open with it. So uh, this is something I'm really excited. I'm glad that we were able to connect. And, um, you know, for me, it was something where I kind of just got lucky looking on LinkedIn and finding your organization. So I'm really excited. And uh, we're going to hopefully with this conversation will help to spark more joy in, in healthcare. So we'll go ahead and get started for today's conversation and and uh, going through for the details. Um, 
Now, for pharmacists, we've always had our, our share of stress to cope with, and this month in particular, probably dealing with lots of different forms of stress, whether it's in the pharmacy or uh, in the hospital that we're working, and or certainly as it relates to care at home, given the current situation. So as we're going through uh, and talking about joy in healthcare and how we're able to manage these different parts, do you mind sharing a little bit about your group, Spark Joy in Healthcare, the particular approach, um, why it's important and what you're looking to achieve to help pharmacists? Yes, that's a great question. So basically, you know, the group is really geared towards putting this community of pharmacists together so that we have mentorship, we have coaching together, and we really come together as a group to inspire one another uplift one another and empower one another. So, you know, it's different than some of the, you know, professional organizations that are out there in pharmacy because it has a different mission and purpose um, because we were not going to necessarily talk about, you know, what's going on in the pharmacy profession. We're going to come together to talk about, you know, not, not necessarily to vent or anything like that, but we're going to come together as a community to share, you know, what's going well, how we're bringing joy and well-being into every day and, you know, how our organizations and team members are supporting that. And also if you don't have team members or an organization that does a lot of these things because um, I know you know I come from an organization that had a well-being and resiliency center for all their employees um, not while I was going through burnout but afterwards and you know a lot of organizations still don't have those so this is an area where you can fill that gap where you don't feel like you're alone during all of this because um, I know I felt really alone when I was going through burnout five years ago so uh, that's kind of the premise behind it and then it will link together with the podcast which is you know, geared towards well-being, burnout, uh, decluttering techniques, and then linked towards some of our free resources about how to reset burnout. And when you talk about that and you reference decluttering and somewhat would change in the mindset, it, I, I may be assuming here, but it sounds like that may be based on some other, some other concepts. Would that be correct? Yes, it is. So um, if you don't mind, I, I'll share a little bit about my burnout story so sure. that it, it becomes a little bit uh, more clear. So basically, you know, my approach to burnout is in the individual level. You know, what can you personally do to help with it? So uh, back in 2014, 2015, during my second year of residency and first year in academia, I definitely had burnout. I didn't know it was burnout at the time. And I was just accumulating things in my life because that's how I coped with the high stress levels that turned into burnout. And many of us will cope in different ways, either by shopping or eating foods or some other type of addictive behavior. And in order to break that, we you know first have to realize that something is going on in our lives. And I had to realize that. Um, and a life event happened to help me realize that. And basically what I can attribute to a lot of my burnout um, being reset by is by decluttering the, my physical environment and then my mental emotional environment. And I did that through reading Marie Kondo's books on the KonMari method. Many of you might be familiar with her because of her books and or her Netflix show. And, you know, it's just a way to really reset what brings you joy in life, both physically and then applying that same concept to your calendar and your schedule to your finances and your community. Uh, so I went through that process back in 2015 and over the last five years, um, I've since become certified in the method and really use that as how we clear the clutter from our lives um, as a way to address all those stress levels um, because 
if we're not, you know, happy and joyful at home, we're not necessarily going to be joyful at work. So that's a lot of um, what we talk about, um, focusing on the individual level versus focusing on like the organizational level for changes. Yeah, Jessica, thanks for sharing that in, in your story as well. I um, appreciate the context and understanding. And it's really, I, I think for a lot of us, we all deal with stress in different ways. We all manage it. We and we perceive it in, in different ways. So maybe something we realize and maybe something that it's the people that are closest to us that catch on to those. And uh, but ultimately it's up to each and every one of us to have a response and to reach for there, there may be a lot of hands that are extended already for help and assistance. Um, we got to reach that or sometimes it's having to go out and seek that, but these are personal choices and it's um, up for us on controlling that. Um, we'll, we'll go ahead into the next part. And um, you know, with your organization, uh, I know that you've been doing a lot in recent months uh, in helping to support pharmacists. And um, I'd like to you know, dig into that a little bit and um, you know, see what kind of feedback. I know I've had different friends, colleagues, mentors on the front lines of pharmacy that um, I've heard different responses from as it relates to COVID-19 and how that has added to stress with pharmacy. But um, what, what have you been seeing and hearing from pharmacists? Um, what kind of items are they uh, you know, sharing with you? And are there particular items that are uh, more magnified now than what they previously would have been? Do you mind sharing a little bit um, just on the current response? Yes, definitely. So uh, basically, uh, just so everyone knows, we're sending out these pharmacist care packages throughout the United States. And right now, we've sent out uh, care packages to about 400 pharmacists and team members. And our next round going out this weekend is going to reach another 300 pharmacists and team members. And, you know, a lot of pharmacists who reached out to me to nominate their own team or to nominate a colleague or a past, you know, student classmates team, has really been about, you know, there's a lot of fear um, around this, um, a lot of uncertainty and overwhelm um, because, you know, especially back in March, there wasn't a lot of data around COVID-19. And, you know, when we don't have a lot of data and we don't really know what the future holds, it can breed a lot of anxiety in people. So I heard that a lot. I also would say that a lot of our frontline workers, you know, are in retail and community settings. Um, and then, there's also our hospital uh, pharmacists that are there. Some of them are working on site. Some of them are working virtually. But basically, um, you know, some of the things that people didn't necessarily like about their job environments have become more magnified. Um, and just being able to take a step back and, you know, have that time at home with family, I think, has shown that you know, what is really important in life? What is the legacy that you want to leave? And there's been a lot of discussions between, um, you know, people in the community that have talked about reevaluating, you know, what does their work-life harmony look like? What does their work-life alignment look like? I don't like to use the word work-life balance because in my opinion, nothing's ever balanced, but um, it really brings into those questions um, now that you've had some time to reflect over the last six weeks. Yeah, thanks, uh, Jessica. And to that topic, I, I think it's been very interesting to see how people respond. And as you said, evidence has been constantly changing um, around COVID-19. We've been covering that in some of our of our podcast or prior podcast episodes. And we had to give the disclaimer that each time where this information is current at this time, we're all trying to get through it and trying to educate our patients, trying to educate those in the organizations that we're working with on appropriate responses and really having to take each step along the way um, so that we can be um, focused and that we can be achieving positive results for those that we're working with. 
Um, so I, I think, you know, let's, let's take it a step further now and just whether it's COVID-19, whether it's pharmacy kind of more generally, uh, stress in any environment and, and, and this part here, I think, is really key as well. We, we see a lot more now about stress in healthcare and stress in pharmacy. Um, it's not as if there isn't stress in any other kind of job. It manifests in different ways, and everybody's kind of you know, dealing with it in, in, in different ways or different approaches. Um, but specifically, when we're talking about pharmacy, um, what can we as pharmacists do? Um, whether that's from a, our own standpoint in um, preparing ourselves and to mitigate that, or working with our organizations to improve workflow operations and other considerations there. Um, can you share anything that you've seen there and, and maybe what are some best practices for your own, for, for yourself, but then also working with say your organization to help those? Yes, I think that's a great question. I think that, you know, as a pharmacist, you can start role modeling, you know, how you want your environment to feel, no matter what you know, job title you have, you are a leader within your organization and you can demonstrate your work-life alignment. Uh, and this could look like, let's say, for example, in the terms of setting boundaries um, for work. And this is especially important, I think, all year round, but especially during the pandemic, in terms of uh, one boundary could be that you're not checking emails outside of work hours or on holidays or on weekends. And this um, is something that you also remove from your phone so that you're not getting notifications for them. So if you are you know, receiving emails right now with updates about what's going on in the world and um, you know, different policy changes at work, you don't necessarily need to read them outside of that work time because it can add more anxiety or stress to your day when you need to be, you know, decompressing from work outside of work hours. Um, it's also about uh, setting up, you know, your goals um, around areas outside of work. Uh, so um, when you're outside of work, having those goals around relationships, around your health, um, around your finances, so that you do have these goals that are not tied to work um, and you know they're your individual goals. And then, you know, other boundaries would of course be you know using your vacation days, you're using your sick days when you need to um, to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because I hear this a lot, um, but people feel that if they take those that time off, um, they're letting someone down. But if you're not taking care of yourself, uh, you're not going to be able to take care of others, you're not going to be able to take care of your patients. So it's a win-win for everyone for you to take care of yourself and have those boundaries set up. Um, in terms of you know, the organization as a whole, I think that it's really important organizations have these resources available for stress management and burnout. And that could include different things in terms of working with their own healthcare provider to provide some of these resources to their employees. It could mean that they're bringing experts for online workshops or webinars for their team members on different topics, either quarterly or monthly. Um, I know that you know, next week I'm coming in to a group of 250 pharmacists and, you know, discussing five ways to bring joy into work. And, you know, some of those are directly related to work initiatives and some of those things are in your personal life and they all intertwine together. So um, those are a few different ways. Thanks, Jessica. And so when we look at some of those items, uh, there, there's one part that I always think about uh, when it does come to work, whether it's work or personal. And as I, as I hear your comments, um, it, it rings true. So for me, it's, if there's always, if there's a problem that you recognize or acknowledge, 
it's always best to be the first one to present or provide a solution. It doesn't need to be perfect, um, and it you may not have all the answers, right? But it can it can become very difficult, and it can create stress for others if you're just if you're just someone that's identifying you know problems without having ways that it can be fixed or addressed. Um, people look for others and and are driven to those that are helpers or that are looking to uh, create change. So I think that's always a really key part um, of what your comments were. Um, there and that can be items whether it's you know the personal or whether it's on the uh, on the uh, on the professional side. Um, when it does come, and I've got another follow up for you as it relates to your goal setting. You mentioned that from kind of a personal professional setting. Um, what's the importance of uh, you know that personal goal setting outside of work, and you know what are good ways to look at or track that? I, I think that may um, that may set some pharmacists off because certainly there is different measures and metrics that may be used in the work. Um, so setting kind of measures at, at home uh, may not be an ideal part, but do you mind expanding upon why that's important and how that can help people, um, you know, maintain their stress and keep a healthy balance? Yes, I, I definitely was one of those pharmacists who didn't believe in it before. You know, I never wrote down my goals. I was just trying to get to that finish line of, okay, you have to finish pharmacy school. You need to get board certified. You need to uh, find this type of job. And I think that the first step is removing yourself from tying your job title to your self-worth. Um, and I think that a lot of us do that, um, no matter if you're in pharmacy or somewhere else. Uh, so removing that, you know, your self-worth is not based on your job title or your career. It's, you know, you as a human being. And then, you know, goal setting, uh, if we don't say something out loud and if we don't write it down, I think that's very unlikely we're going to follow through on it. And for me, that took a little bit of practice um, over a couple of years uh, to start doing that because I never would do that outside of work. And I think that it's one of the first steps of you know clarifying what you really want in life. And that that's technically how I teach the clarify, simplify, align method I've come up with where you clarify, you know, what is your, your goals within 10 different areas in your life? So I call it the weekly joy check where we check in into 10 different domains. Um, and these include your health, your mental, emotional health, finances, community uh, experiences, learning, et cetera, family. Um, and when you write those things down and you come up with 10 different categories, those categories could be what I suggested or you know, something else on your list. Then when we check in with them each week and rate them of how we're feeling in each area from, let's say, one to five, we can see, you know, what areas we need to focus on for the upcoming week. And this means that you don't pick all 10 to focus on if they're all rating kind of low this week. We pick one or two to set a goal in for this upcoming week. And that could be very simple. It could be as simple as you received a text message from a friend last week and you never replied back or you never set a date in your calendar to have a a virtual call or a coffee date when we can have those in person again. So you make that a goal for this week to make sure it gets into your calendar because if things don't get into your calendar, they usually don't happen. So that's, you know, one way that we go through that process. The other way is to, I call it curating your goals. So basically we use this um, curate method and we're going to reverse engineer your goals back. So you think really broadly, big picture, 
um, and think about what are your life goals? Like, what do you want to achieve in your life? You don't need to put a time frame on it. It can, you know, can be really big things that could happen in five years, could happen in 20 years. And we reverse engineer some of those back into our daily goals. So you take those, you reverse engineer them into, okay, what am I going to need to do this year in 2020 to get one step closer? What do I need to get done in this quarter? And then the quarter is what we really focus on for 90 days. So that's a little bit less overwhelming. And then we'll break that down into monthly, weekly, and then daily. And, you know, being able to put those baby steps together is really important because the biggest barrier to any goal or anything in life is just starting, right? And, you know, breaking it down into a very small starting step is really important. So um, I think that the first step is to just give it a try uh, and brainstorm, you know, how you feel in other areas of your life outside of work right now. Yeah, I a couple of things I noted there that are really important, setting important timeframes, breaking down your goals, having different points there and, and, um, you know, adjusting, being flexible with some of those items. I, I know for myself and when we started to really have, um, I know for my, for myself, when the stay at home orders were really starting to get to me, I put together a checklist of items. I had about 10 items that I wanted to see how many I could do in a day that would help me keep my mental space clear. Um, it turns out after day six or seven, I was spending a lot of time, going for a run um, just in my backyard or, <laughs> or in, in the woods behind the house or taking the dog for a, for a walk, but I wasn't spending enough time communicating with other people. So that was something where they really pointed out to me that deficiency. So having that kind of tracking can become very um, helpful for your assessment uh, of, of oneself. So uh, Jessica, I, I really appreciate your, uh, you joining for our discussion today. Um, I really love seeing a pharmacist that is stepping outside um, what is just the practice of managing patient medication. Um, there's a lot more that a pharmacist can and, and does do uh, for helping patients manage their health effectively. And you're a great example of that. Um, we, we firmly believe in our pharmacist and their capabilities as a member of the healthcare team. And, and to that end, pharmacists that are healthy and empowered are better able to use their talents to improve the lives of patients. So I don't think anybody's going to find that to be a controversial statement, pretty straightforward. And I think we're all, you know, gung ho about that. Um, when we do get to this final part of the podcast that we like to give our guests an opportunity to share a little bit about, you know, themselves or perhaps some of their own message, something they're really passionate about that we didn't cover in the specifics of our, of our topic. So with that in mind, Jessica, are there any final words or message you'd like to share for our pharmacist and pharmacy technicians? Yes. So I have just one piece of advice to bring joy into each day. And, you know, if you're not used to that concept or don't know how to start, um, my suggestion is to ask yourself three questions each morning to prime yourself for that joy. And those questions are one, you know, what can I get excited about today? It can be anything. I would definitely make it something that you can control. So uh, don't necessarily say that you want it to be sunny out today. Get excited about something that you know is on your calendar that you're looking forward to. Um, you know, what is a situation that might stress me out today and how will my best self handle it? So that, uh, you know, we experience those challenges every day, but if we prime ourselves to bring our best self to that situation, we definitely can view it in a positive perspective. And finally, the third question is, you know, who can I surprise with a note, gift, or thank you today? 
And this can be as simple as a hug, um, if it's someone in your home right now, or it could be as simple as um, writing a note, a card, and sending it via mail to them. That's always great to see. Um, and you can write these down or say them aloud uh, in the morning. And I think that we, if we all bring a little more joy into our days, you know, we can bring more joy into the pharmacy profession as well. Thanks, Jessica. And, and uh, before we close out, do you mind sharing again um, where people can find uh, you or contact you your, and then your Spark Joy and Healthcare organization? Do you mind uh, sharing where they can look into that for more? Yes. Uh, the best place to get in touch with me is on my website. Uh, so that's my name, drjessicalouis.com. And the sparkjoyinhealthcare.com website is where you can get involved in our pharmacist care packages, uh, nominate your team, or give back uh, by sharing the initiative on social media. And on social media, I'm most active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So please connect over there. Thanks, Jessica. Um, on behalf of the PQS team, we greatly appreciate your participation for today's show and your message of positivity and change to support pharmacists. It's a very noble calling for a great, uh, great profession. We appreciate that you're coming on the show today to share that message. Uh, there's a lot more that we can talk about with this topic, uh, but keeping with the theme of stress management and, and decluttering, we're going to try to keep it simple and try to try to keep it free of some additional time. So we're going to close out our, our podcast today with one final message like we always do for our listeners. Our team here at PQS has a couple of favors to ask of you, our podcast listener. First, we encourage you to share this podcast with two friends. Because if you share this with two friends and each of them shares it with two friends, it really helps us hit a larger listening audience. Second, we also want to take a moment to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you may find it. And then if you have any questions or topics you would like us to address, please contact us. The best way to do so is to email info at pharmacyquality.com. Let us know what is on your mind and what we can address so that you are fully informed. Our goal is to continuously improve our podcast content and to provide meaningful information to our listeners based on current topics in healthcare, technology, and quality measurement. We want to help you become as effective as possible in how you care for patients and improve public health outcomes. So until next time, we wish you well.